0: Hello and welcome to Messages at BBC. In these messages, you'll hear from professors, staff, guest speakers, as well as students. These messages were spoken and recorded on campus at Boise Bible College. If you'd like to check out Boise Bible College, please see our website at boisebible.edu. Well, there I was. It probably wasn't the first time in the driver's seat, but I definitely remembered this time. Hand on the wheel, senior in high school. You've been there, right? Yeah, a couple of, me and Brolin, that's it. We've only been the ones driving. Everyone else, toe Express, I totally get that, understand. But this was a little bit different. There have always been nights when you cruise Maine and you are the king of the world or queen of the world as it would be and you are in the driver's seat and all is your kingdom but not this time. We were in the truck, or we meaning myself, and there's one thing that I had failed to do. If there's one driving principle that is gained from the movie Groundhog Day, what would it be? Don't drive, the don't drive angry, but don't drive at the groundhog as well. Yes, don't drive angry. However, this time I was past angry driving. You also have to understand that we're in rural Arkansas, rural Oklahoma, so it's a truck that barely runs. You know, we got scotch tape, bailing wire, and other things. It's really good. Oftentimes on the farm vehicles, you, you don't need a speedometer because there's different shakes and shimmies as you push down the accelerator. Okay, And this time we were shimmering pretty good because I wasn't happy. Dad had sent me on this trip, and I was not happy about it. I was a senior in high school, like I said, and the decisions of life were coming due. And as some of you know, because you've been there, the dreaded question, oh, what are you going to do when you grow up? I don't know. Shut up. No, you know. I don't know, I'm delaying that. So I thought a really good rationale would be like, hey, I'll just join the military. That gets away from everything. My father was not happy. A couple of things, number one, he always said to me, he said, Cody, you do know there's physical activity in the military, correct? (laughs) He knew me, okay? I was in band and I'm allergic to sports. We all know that, okay? Uh, But the second thing was, he desperately saw a different path for me than I did. So as a last resort, he, and honestly, looking back on it, I don't know, other than I just have a fear of disappointment of my parents, he sent me to his mentor. I had known him for a long time. His name's Riley Donica. He was a big mover and shaker down in southeast Oklahoma, southwest Arkansas area there. And so I was on my way to see him. And I had to confront my decision in life with Riley Donica. Don't care. There's no, why? Why do I have to talk to this man? It's my decision, it's my life, it's whatever. And so as I was driving along, it wasn't like, hey, let's listen to worship music and praise God. Nope, we were driving angry. I was thinking bad things about my dad. I was thinking bad things about Ray Ladonica, thinking bad things about the truck I was driving. All of these things come into play. And I remember setting across from Ryan Ladonica in much the stance that I've had students set across from my desk, and it is annoying as all get out. And I get, as soon as you take that stance with me, I just start amping it up, you know. Because as a side note, I always believe that if you have a visit to the dean's office, it should always be memorable. But that's a side note. And, you know, if you want to have that visit, no problem. No problem. I can do that. Uh, Just, well, since we're on the... At least when you enter in, I always try to start out at a three or a four. That seems to be at least memorable. But if you take the stance that I did that day, you're already at a six or seven. Because the obstinate oozes off your persona. And it really didn't matter what Ryan LaDonica had to say to me. Because my personal agenda was the only thing that I could think about. Even though Rylodonica said, Listen, there's anyone can join the military, but not everyone can preach the gospel. Don't care. You do know that you have won the preacher boy contest. At the rendezvous that we have. Some of you know that. It's preaching, uh, you know, speech contest for kiddos, whatever. Next-gen preacher is like it. There we go. Some of you know that. You can preach. You have grown up in the church. You know the ways of the church. Don't care. Don't care. So I obstinately just was there. And I left. And I did my own thing. you that God is able to bless things but I am concerned that we as a people a community of faith love to come to church and we love to sing songs like we just did I surrender it wasn't that beautiful Yes. yes it actually was but did you Because for you to surrender, you actually have to have in mind your own personal agenda and it has to be confronted with the will of God. And there must be a clash and a collision and a wrestling that happens in that moment. And the only thing really that we have done is really just amped up our survival instincts and we run and oscillate between, well, this is a little bit too much painful, so I'm going to go over here, but this is a little bit too much sappy and pleasure, so I'm going to run back over here and we're oscillating mainly between pain and pleasure, which is literally the lowest form of interaction with anything known to man. Good gosh, the animals do that crap. Very few and far between are there the times when we are able to obey God. This sense of obedience is all throughout Scripture. Let's go to the Great Commission. How many of you know the Great Commission? Okay, three or four of you. That's that's great, wonderful. Wonderful. And what's kind of the Cliff Notes version of the Great Commission? Go make disciples everywhere. Baptizing them, get them dunked. Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey. obey all that I've commanded. Over and over and over again. And oftentimes the portion of obedience is often overlooked, and and we want to say, "Oh God, I just surrender everything to." You. Oh damn it! Who snapped me? This is really oh well, <laughs> in chapel. <laughs> oh God. surrender to you, yeah. Oh, that's really, oh, that's almost inappropriate. We're in chapel. Save that one for later. To you, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, we have so many distractions. And if you don't have enough, wait till your birthday and Christmas, you'll get another one. It's no big deal. And very few and far between are the moments and the spaces in your life that you give yourself to wrestle with the will of God in your life. The reason that the drive over to Ryan Lodonica, the obstinate interaction that I had with Ryan Lodonica is still very real to me. is It was a moment in time where I knew, whether I wanted to acknowledge it or not, that the will of God was confronting me and I took the ticket to Tarshish and got out of there. But we're not the only ones, okay? And I just, this whole idea has just been ruminating around in here, and especially as we think about this year, about the theme that is going on. And I'm always, go back to Jacob. You remember Jacob and Esau? A couple of you? Yeah, they were twin goats that we had on campus a while back. (laughs) They were really great They got out one too many times, and we had a barbecue, or at least some of you did. Oh, not that Jacob and Esau. I'm so sorry. They were twins, but they were in Scripture. Got it. Yes. Yeah. And they were brothers. Have you ever had siblings before? Twice, and you tried to get over it? Yeah. Yeah, they're hard to get over. They're kind of a lasting thing there. And, you know, the, I honestly, I believe, if we're going to be honest, the most frustrating thing about family is I had, I had no input into it, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like,
0: no, nope, I would not have chosen that personality, okay? Yep, wouldn't have chosen them. And so now you're stuck with whoever you got. And Jacob and Esau, they were so different from one another. And one of them was more inclined. I mean, he kept hitting the Food Network channel. And the other one is like, dude, TV's gross. I'm going out back and like killing stuff and smearing blood on things. And okay, whatever. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to sanitize again while I watch the Food Network. That's gross, you know. (laughs) And there was a division that came along and... Jacob, the really cool thing about some of the scripture characters that we have is that God allowed us to look into their lives and to watch their struggle. And Jacob, bless his heart, he came out just hanging on to the heels of Esau in the beginning and he just kept that position. He was always trying to scam and to scheme and to manipulate the system. Have you been there? Boy, I have. You know, and and it doesn't take long before you're, what game you're playing, you're like, there has to be a cheat code of some kind. Can I not get infinite, infinite lives and infinite money and just do whatever I want? Boy, Jacob was there the whole time. And when he had finally spent over 20 years with Laban, who actually really was a swindler, but that's a whole different story, he starts coming back. And all of a sudden, the past decisions, the consequences were coming to light and you can see the anxiety, you can see the, it just builds if you read the, the story in Genesis 31 and 32 as he's coming back. And, and he's very concerned with coming home. And he splits up his possessions, he tries to uh, sweeten the deal, so to speak, And, and last maneuver, he sends everyone away, and in the middle of the night, by himself, he begins to wrestle with God. And I think in that moment, finally, God had his attention. He had been scheming and conniving and manipulating and doing whatever he wanted until at the shores of Jabbok he began to wrestle fully with the will of God. Jacob's not the only one. In fact, Paul begins to talk about some of this wrestling that we know in Romans chapter 7. He says this, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin." I do not understand what i do for what i want to do i do not do but what i hate to do and if i do what i do not want to do i agree that the law is good as it is it is no longer i myself who do it but it is sin living in me i know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature for i have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man am I! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. And if the Apostle Paul continues to wrestle with God, so will we and should we. And my challenge to you is just simply this. Obey God. Obey God. It's really quite simple. It's just acting it out. That's just the insurmountable Mount Everest. That's all. No problem. But I believe this principle. If we look at obedience in and of itself, the first thing that we have to do is we must listen to God. There is a difference between hearing and actually listening. You do realize that, right? Um, We call it selective hearing sometimes. Any of you suffer from that at all? Three or four, thank you. Yes, I'm there as well. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking to me the last 30 minutes? I am so sorry, I totally zoned out. But it used to be that, but now it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was Snapchatting, texting, TikToking, and, you know, emailing people while you were talking. I'm so sorry about that didn't see you there. We have to listen to God. We must provide margin and space in our life to hear the Word of God. Dr. Voorhees set us up yesterday, well, it feels like yesterday to me, sorry, Tuesday. On what Jesus was doing, his actions to draw away, to get quiet. You hear in Jacob's world, when he fully wrestled with God, who was around? No one. He was by himself. Even if you look at David, when David really screwed up, right? We know that, his whole Bathsheba incident, that she got sick with child. And David was really concerned about the health of this child, even though he knew everything that was going on. And he pleaded with God for that child seven days by himself, fasting and praying. We must provide space for God to speak to us. My question is, do you have that space? Do you know how? I, I know this seems redundant, but do you actually know how to shut off distractions and concentrate on what you have to do. Because I'm not convinced. You, You need to convince me of that because I'm not even convinced in my own life. Okay? And the more and more we have, the quicker the pace comes up, the more distractions we have, and the harder it is to slow our minds and our hearts to even be in a position to listen to God. Okay? So do you have space to hear that? Then the second thing that we've already talked about is when you hear the word of God, there must be a crisis of belief that comes in. I love, and this comes right out of old Dr. Blackaby. He did some great work in this, of wrestling with God. What is your personal agenda? What is it that you desire? And what is it that is God's will? And how do you reconcile them? Okay. Well, I already told you what my agenda was. I was taking the easy way out. I was going into the military. I really think it was God's will for me to do something and you know, not, not exactly sure because I didn't even have that space I told you, first thing was to hear the word of God. I did not, I didn't listen, number one, but I wasn't even hearing at all, okay, on that. So you have to get into that space where there is a wrestling with the word of God. I think that's where Paul gets to. He says, I didn't know I was sinning until I looked in the book, and this is what I was doing was wrong, and I have to struggle with that, okay? Okay? Each of us have temptations and sin struggles and past that we are dealing with. Some of that is just sin nature and corruption, and we're dealing with how to pick up the pieces and allow the Holy Spirit to heal consequences of past behavior, okay? Now, that's another thing, but because what I'm talking about is this personal agenda in what you are leaning forward with the will of God. Okay, this becomes evident in... How many of you really enjoy doing homework? There's like three or four nerds out there and I don't appreciate it, okay? So, generally speaking, we call it work and we call it homework for a reason. It's not like, hey, will you please take your home pleasure home and just do this 1,500 work? No, it's work. It's yuck. We don't like to do that, but we understand the joy of wrestling through those requirements. I'm asking you to take some of these tangible things that you know and apply them to your spiritual life, all right? Here's a couple of things that I would tell you on this. When it comes to this wrestling, it must involve something that is beyond your capability to do. We just had the Olympics, or maybe they're still going. How many of you watched the Olympics? Yep, that's exactly what I thought. How many of you know what the Olympics are? Okay, and how many of you know that they actually air them at some level and you can watch them? There was actually less that knew you had the capability. That's so strange to me, however, okay? (laughs) You watch these Olympians and they do amazing things, right? We had like swimming and gymnastics and waterboarding and so, oh no, that's not an Olympics. I'm so sorry. That's that's something totally different on there. And and they do amazing things. At what level did they display the work of God in their lives? That, I mean, we can debate that, but just hear me out on this. They did these amazing feats through their own power. I'm not doubting that God was in the middle of them. But primarily, they have worked and honed and practiced and they are able to perform at literally a superhuman level. Okay? So it's like, okay, okay. And, and we glorify the individual, we glorify their work, and we, we're like, dude, you are the man. You know, get a gold medal and a ribbon and a trophy and everything. That is awesome work. And so the first thing when we are wrestling with the will of God is we have to understand, is this something big enough that God gains the glory in the end, or do I? Each and every one of you are uniquely created to do not just good works, but awesome, fantastic, supernatural works. And you in your own power, because you are made in the image of God, can do great things that can often bring you the glory. But if you are wrestling with the will of God, it will be of such a nature that it is only God that will gain the glory in the end. It also has to be so big that it requires faith on our behalf that God will show up and it also has to have an action component to it. Okay? Um, And this last point, it requires you to adjust your plans, your decision, and your life to His will. And when you say, I surrender, you feel it, because you have taken your personal agenda and have sacrificed it on the altar to God. Now, let me back up just a moment, because I believe some of you in this room have exhibited this, and you know this personal struggle because it was your story getting to BBC, Right? Your personal agenda was like, God, I got a full ride to the college of my dreams. And he's like, hey, how about BBC? And you're like, hey, how about no way? (laughs) You know, or you were like, "Um, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that stuff. Or I have these dreams of business or this passion. And God says, I want to call you into ministry and to move forth my kingdom. And some of you are sitting here and you know what I'm talking about. You know what it is like to hear the word of God. And and it probably came in all of the the admissions counselor. Hey, dude, this is like the 24th time I'm calling. Just so you know. A response would be nice. Okay? I'm losing my will to live. Just call me back. A little love. You know, and you're like... Delete one more time. You know, I'm ghosting you for a reason. Yeah. But you wrestled with that. And maybe someone sent you to their mentor. Like dad did to me. And instead of you taking an obstinate position like I did You actually had maybe a little toehold to allow God to open the crack up, and you began to hear and to listen and wrestle with what God has in store. We want to do the great things to change this world, yet we are unwilling to obey God and His commandments. And we wonder what the problem is. So my, my vision, really, for this year, this uproar theme, just want to take a moment and, and just kind of talk through that because my, my prayer is for us to really take a year and, and do the hard work of obeying God. I told you, it sounds so easy. Just obey God. Hello. It's not that big a deal. You know, he says, love your enemy. Just love your enemy. It's no big deal, you know, like, love your wife. Respect your husband. No big deal. Just do it. You know? Like, do good works. That, no big deal. Just get on there. Do that stuff, you know? Like, honor your father and mother. Let's go. I mean, no big deal. It's a big deal, okay. <laughs> These simple truths and commandments of God require our obedience. And I'm, my prayer is that in these quiet moments of wrestling with God, quiet moments, let's not even wrestle with God yet, can I just challenge you to learn to hear the Word of God? I'm just going to give that challenge to myself as well, because I don't know if, maybe you don't know this about me, but I'm, I'm an info junkie. Okay, so I've just said it, I'm sorry. But one thing that I really appreciated about COVID is it really fed that. So I was like an, I was literally like an addict on a relapse during COVID, okay? And here's why, because everyone known to man started pushing everything live stream. And it's awesome because as long as you have different IP addresses, you can sign into anything you want. So typically on a really good Saturday, I could tune into like a training on my phone with this earbud in, and then there's another conference going on that I could sign into my computer on and have this one in, and then I can have a PowerPoint that's going on on another computer that I absconded as well, And sometimes you can watch a movie at the same time and pretend to hear your kids. It was awesome. (laughs) Love it. Love it. It was so great. But I sure didn't hear God in the middle of all that. At all. I sure did not. And I wonder how many of you are the same way. You're putting so many distractions, so much stuff up, you do not know how to hear the Word of God. Oh, man, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful to sing about, and it's love to, oh, be still and know I'm God. Oh, my gosh, I'm putting that on a postcard. That's fantastic. You know, it's great. Wear that on a t-shirt. But we do not know how to slow and stop and to hear. And so my goal for For us is to look at that so this first series that we have coming up the subversive kingdom we're going to look at what a kingdom is because a kingdom has a king and rules and people and land and we're going to talk through that with the faculty but then one aspect that i'm really excited about is our character study so in chapel we go our goal is to go through two books a year one in the fall one in the spring And this year we decided, you know, we all learn more from stories, right? Other than me just up here rambling and rambling. Give me a good story and I can see that. And so this fall we are going to look at some of the characters that wrestled with God that they had to make some adjustments in their life. You can see their life is changed. They were here, they had their personal agenda, they were established, they had everything going. Then the will of God is introduced and they, they wrestle and then their life is changed and they make adjustments to that. And my goal is for us, as we take these characters one after another, that we will begin to see ways that God is speaking to us, ways that His will is interacting and coming against and refining our personal agenda, that we can make solid action steps towards His will. Because when we do that, we become a people that is contentious in the society we live in. That's why Paul and Silas were accused of creating this big uproar what did they do? Well, they went to the place of prayer outside the city gates and they kept praying and talking to people about Jesus. And one day they got the kibosh of it and, you know, kicked out a demon. Oh, so they were really just kind of going to church and talking to people about God and it created an uproar. Yeah. The gospel, it smells like love and freedom to those that are in Christ, but it is a stench to those outside of it. So my challenge to you is this. Hear the word of God this, this time. Allow space for you to wrestle with God. And I think sometimes you, we don't give each other permission for that. Let me tell you this. Um, when it, another time came for me, and this, this time it was Terry Stein. He was president of Boise Bible College before Dr. Voorhees took over. I had just moved to Moberly, Missouri. We had moved in August of 2013. It was like November timeframe. And I was in a PhD cohort with Terry, Terry Stein. And he called me, and he's like, hey, have you ever thought about being a dean of students? I'm like, hey, I'm always up for an adventure, you know? And he was like, well, I think I might have an opening. And I was like, oh, you're real? No. So I, I do not know what you're talking about, but I, I mean, I was just trying to keep my options open, you, you know? I was like, no, uh, absolutely not. You do realize like three months ago, I moved my family across country. There's no way I'm moving that again. And in the process, I jokingly not joke that I told God no seven times, which I can take you and tell you this wrestling between my personal agenda and the will of God again. I was not obstinate like the first time. I was at least open but the wrestling and the questions and the logistics and the finances and the what does it do to my family and all of that, but God prevailed. Okay, so I'm here, so you know what I chose, at least that time, okay. But my, my challenge for you is this, is that you will continue to have testimony to point back and say, this is what I wanted But God's will refined me in this area. Will you hear the word of God and obey this semester? Thank you for listening today. Boise Bible College exists to raise up leaders for the church, where we value scholarship, humility, innovation, and community. For more information about Boise Bible College, please see boisebible.edu.